When your happiness depends on what you do with your life, Dead Weight, a podcast that brings ordinary people to talk about their work, the horror, or when we just say screw it and go for our dreams. When you realize your job's affecting your life. It's hard for me to walk. There was dudes on campus, like nine guys with pit bulls, ready to wreck shop. And to let them know, like, I'm not doing that anymore, and it, it was tough. Make a change and take it back. I'm Cecile, and welcome to Deadweight. Welcome to Deadweight. My name is Cecile, and I'll be your host for the show. Before we start, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Burt Squirts. If you're looking for an awesome variety of new craft, hard to find sauces at a reasonable price, and you just want to help new and existing hot sauce makers, check out Burt Squirts at BurtSquirts.com. Today, we have Greg Moore on our show. Uh, Greg Moore is a 27-year-old male who comes to us from Michigan. He is now in Washington, D.C., and unlike a lot of jobs that we'll hear from in this show, his is different. Here's what he has to say. I don't know if you know, but I know who you are. What do you mean by that? I think, not even think, I believe, I know, I have a gift. And my gift is I know exactly who you are. I know exactly what you love to do. How do you discover, how do you know that about people? <laughs> it's my gift. It is what it is. There's some things in, in life that you can't fathom. And this is what I can fathom. And I can see right through you. Would it be fair to compare you to a motivational speaker? No. Why not? I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not here to charge you anything. I'm giving you everything for free because I don't need anything. And I want to tell you exactly who you are. And I want you to be exactly who you are. And I want you to tell the next person exactly who they are. Because that's the funny thing about doing what you love is when you do what you love, you can't help but notice other people and what they love to do. That's interesting because it makes me think the fact that you can sort of bring that or see that at, in people, one would want to know, do you love to do what you do? <laughs> of course. What do I love to do? I love to show people exactly who they are. I love to show people exactly what they love to do. Do you find that same happiness in your life? Yeah. In the work that you do? Every day. Tell Every us day. what you do. Every day I, I try to meet at least five different people Strangers, if you want to call them strangers, I don't believe anybody's a stranger. I believe this is a world of people who already know who everyone is. It's just they're so scared to talk to each other. And that's that's the way you've been conditioned from your, from kindergarten or pre-K, whenever you got into school. You're conditioned to believe whatever authority tells you, and that's bullshit. You have to, once you get, once you graduate high school, you should understand that Okay, everything they told me was just some like background knowledge that I need to know to function, whatever. But you have to understand that you have to unlearn all that shit. That's not something that you should hold as like your Bible. Who you are is who you are. And if you're not who you are, then you're doing yourself a, a, a disservice. You're doing the world around you a disservice. Your, your vibe, I don't know, some people aren't really in tune with their vibe. Your vibe controls everything thing around you the people around you even the people you love if you're not in tune with yourself then what happens is now now you're 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 emitting this negative vibe everybody follows your vibe and if my vibe is negative my um the love of my life is negative my mother is negative my friends around me my roommates they're negative 
But when I'm positive, everybody's doing what they love to do. I, I see it. I can feel it. What, what is it that first brought you here from Detroit to do what it is that you do today? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. If you, if you really want to do what you really love to do in life, there will be a sacrifice. There will be something that you absolutely love. It is what it is. That's this, this is what life is. This is a monumental part of life. This is the start of your, your real life. I ran away from Detroit because my grandfather died. My grandfather was everything. He taught me how to think. He taught me how to analyze. He taught me how to perceive. He taught me everything. Absolutely everything. My mother was very, very impactful as well in my life. She kind of reinforced whatever my grandpa did. But, like, whatever my grandpa did, it was law. I used to roll around in Saginaw, Michigan in a fucking pinto. But I didn't know it was a beat-up hoopty. All I knew was my grandpa said, let's go for a ride, and I cherished every single ride. When he died, it was... I call feel that, like a part of yourself was gone, too? When he- yep. I have, a, I have a theory. It's called Three Deaths. I died... I died that day when he died, cried hard at his funeral, cried harder than anybody in the church. Before the even the, the funeral even started, I was bawling hard for an entire like two hours. It felt like a real loss. Yeah. Of yourself, yeah. but also of, of course. something else. Of course. Greater. Right. Of course. That's what it was. You have to that's this is sacrifice. You you die I died that, that day. And so I couldn't handle being in Detroit or Saginaw or Flint, Michigan, so I left. I was blessed with intelligence, which my grandpa taught me. He taught me that school was important, knowledge is important, and he did that by giving me, I think it was $20 per A that I got. And as a child, $20 per A, that's, you know, you have six classes, that's $120 per report card. It's a lot of money. Yeah. I love video games. Especially when that's, you're a kid. That's two video games. <laughs> Boom. And I'm buying them. So I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the man around here. So he was very skilled in teaching me things that I didn't even realize at the moment. But, um, you know, as you get older, you realize these lessons and you all you can do is just be forever indebted to that person that teaches you something. So you're going through all this, these changes, all these losses. You come here to D.C. Yep. Did you f- still feel that way here in D.C.? When I first got to D.C., I hated D.C. Wow. Today, I don't hate anything. I love all things, everything, every single thing, from a grain of sand to um, to the earth. Like, I love everything. But when I got here to D.C., I hated it because if you come from the Midwest, you're very polite. Everybody kind of helps everybody. But in the East Coast, it's, different. it's a faster pace. Everybody's kind of out for themselves. People are rude. I wasn't in tune with the rudeness. If you're from Detroit, you don't understand that. You don't play that. If you're rude, I have the right to kick your ass. I'm, I am a, I love boxing, so it's like I didn't understand it. And everybody that I met, I feel like, was just kind of like very rude. And I was just, I, I didn't get it. It took me six months to get six months to get adjusted to the East Coast life. That's not too bad. No, I mean, I mean, it's it's uh, it's a different mentality yes. no, that you're, you're right. encountering. Yes, yes. In hindsight, I will, say, I will say you are correct. Six months is not bad to get assimilated to a new vibe, a new coast, but that doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it okay for East Coast people to be so disconnected with their their neighbors. And at what point did you decide that you were gonna transcend that? <laughs> I transcended it based on. 
in order to make it right you have to make it in the city you again, have to struggle again, like again again it was it was it was my ex my ex was very good at kind of coddling my emotions i'm i'm a, I, I would like to call myself kind of volatile i feel hard i feel hard i i know people i i know who you are within the first five minutes of our conversation what she did was she didn't let me just feel 100%. She would she would always be like at some point like she would let me this what it is she would let me bitch. Okay. And I would bitch and I would vent and she would soak it all up and then when she got fed up she would be like suck it up. What are you going to do? You you're there. What are you going to do? And like when you hear that from a woman to a man as a man you're kind of like Shit. Your defenses go up. No, no, no defenses. It's kind of, you, you're. It's like when your mother talks to you. You're just like, oh shit. Like, uh, <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> when a woman tells a man to man up, the man has no choice but to man up. I'm a man. Right. You're right. I need to man up. Like whatever. She whatever. toughens you up. She toughens you up. My, okay. My, I will say my. I just want to put this in real quick. My older sister, Erica Moore. She made me tough my dad wasn't around i love my dad we're really tight now he wasn't around when i was younger but it was my older sister that toughened me up wow she she played a big role in your life she she, she, i don't think she really understands it but she really did she used to always beat me up until i started to beat her so you're here um you've gone through this loss uh with your grandfather your ex-girlfriend now you're here for school Nope. I came I, I did I did come to DC for a PhD, Howard, microbiology. I was there for four years. I was six months away from getting my dissertation, realized it's not what I want to do, quit. Wow. That must have been a big decision. Nope. Why not? Because it's not what I wanted to do. And um that's what my grandfather told me. Before he died, he like looked me in the eyes. And his doctor, his uh he was going through chemo lung cancer and his doctor told him that all that matters is that you you be a good person doesn't matter when you decide to be a good person just be a good person and my grandfather grew up catholic his whole life everybody in the family is catholic but for a hindu to tell a catholic just be a good person doesn't matter what i don't i'm not talking about uh shiva and you know brahman and all this other all this other religious bullshit he's he was just like just be a good person it's very simple. I'm not saying it's easy. It's very simple to be a good person. So he relayed that to me before he passed, and I was I was there. I was taking him to his chemos, and I was uh, I was seeing him fade. And there's something about seeing another person fade that you absolutely love. This is your hero, especially as a child. I was a child. I was a, I was or a child. You, or a teenager. I mean, no, 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 either way, until you're an adult, you're a child. There's no such thing as adolescence, blah, blah, blah. No, you're either a child or you're an adult. And Do you say that, that matured you? You matured through that? I mean, it, it just it sounds as if it's a... Um, I didn't mature it. That was the first awakening. Like I said, as I said, it was the first death. You have three deaths in your, in your life. You have, you know, you know Sega. If you, if you like Sega or Super Nintendo, you have three lives. And uh, I've had my two deaths. So now I'm on my, my third one, and I'm, I can't be stopped. There's no one that will ever stop what I'm trying to do, and that's just show exactly every single person in this world what they're supposed to do, why they're alive, and that's just whatever you love to do, that's what you're supposed to do. P- 
period. I don't I don't care what your bills are. I've been there. I've struggled. If anybody, if you're if you're any sort sort of sense of wise, you understand the the beauty of a butterfly. Like you start out as a caterpillar, you're crawling around, you're fucking helpless, and then you make some choice to be a cocoon. <laughs> you find your your protective place that makes you a cocoon, and then whatever that time frame is, eventually you become a butterfly, and then bam, everybody loves you. How was it working at Children? <sighs> Children's fucking sucked. Children sucked because I have such a big heart. I got into science because I was I swore I was gonna I was gonna cure cancer. I was gonna cure AIDS. I'm, I'm curing everything. I'm that guy. I'm not. I'm not. Nothing can stop me. Once I realized that it was about my PIs, and I won't say the names because they're they're good people at heart. PIs just, meaning private principal investigators. So if you're getting a dissertation, you're basically just you're you're a workhorse, and you have a PI, a principal investigator, who gets all your credit. Um, this is this is just the science game. And which is which is a game, and I always say the science game is the same thing as the business game, same thing as the fucking drug game. Is you have somebody who breaks you off, somebody has to put you on, and then you kind of build your way up. But in the science game, how it is today, it's like you just you don't come up, you stay down until these people die off. Which you know some people are like resilient; they'll they'll live till they're ninety, hundred. <laughs> so you're just working under them forever You're under somebody's wing forever And yeah, I'm not that guy Once I realized that it's more about Treating people and not actually Curing them, I had to leave I, I couldn't get up Like It was hard for me to get up It was hard for me to walk To Children's, which was a solid Two blocks, maybe a football field Length, to walk there To get to work, most people would Easily do that, but for me It was like cattle, just Walking to the slaughter And I said that I remember I said that to Liz And we were both walking together one day And I was like I feel like I feel like I'm a cow You realize this isn't the place for you mm-hmm. You decide to leave Children's You decide to leave Howard I'll tell you um, When I left Children's One of the best days of my life I was a giant that, yeah. giant giant i was i was the sun i was like lit up and it's beautiful it's so beautiful when you decide to just be you and pursue you and whatever happens happens the the unknown is uh i can't explain it it's one of those unfathomable things you won't know until you know but the day i left i remember telling people i, I go in the lab clearing out my stuff I'm like yo i'm i'm done um, I can't do this no more. I'm just, I got just other things I need to pursue. And I told the secretary of my, of the, of the, the director of the lab, the genetic, genetic medicine department of children's, which I won't say his name because he's, he's a good man. His secretary, she looks me dead in my eyes and she's like, oh, she's smiling at me. She's like, your mother's going to be so sad. Wow. Yeah. I was like, wow. Uh, what? I had I had one of my homies with me. Thank thankfully for him, I won't say his name either because he's he's kind of doing his thing. But uh, at the moment, he was a very good homie. I hope he's doing well. I haven't, I haven't talked to him in a while. And uh, she's like, "Yeah, uh, your, your mother's gonna be so sad, and so disappointed, and you're making a grave mistake." And I'm sorry for you. I mean, she's smiling in my face like she loves it that I'm possibly gonna fail. So even in spite all of this, you decide to pursue. To leave children. It's the funny thing about it is once you know 
who you are or not. I, I didn't even know who I was at the moment, but I just knew that that wasn't me. It wasn't your calling. Yeah. Once you realize your your path, like, okay, this is not my path. That's my path. You jump on your path. Once you realize that and you're on your path, everybody that comes around you or who has something negative to say, it's just like, I call it mental judo. You're just like pushing it right back at them. I would say the people that really knew me in the lab, shout out Joe. <laughs> I'm gonna say his last name, but he's uh he's he was a really really cool guy. Me and him would uh I can't say it because in case anybody connects the dots, we used to do some cool things together, and uh, he was very supportive of this decision. Yeah, I I always say if, if people love you, they support you. They might not understand you in the moment, but they they support you. That's my dad. He didn't understand either. I heard him uh, kind of talking about my back, talking like, yo, what's he doing? Like, he's got a PhD. But on the phone to my face, he was very supportive. Like, yo, if this is what you feel like you have to do, go ahead and do that, man. I got I, I got you. Whatever he's you need. being a parent. Yeah. He was he was being a loved one. What was your next step? Did you know? I did. I did and I didn't. So my next step was me and Liz conquering the entrepreneurial world. Liz, uh, <laughs> she decides Liz, to make this decision yo, with you, is, or what? And that's what love is. Love is the spark. Liz sparked everything. Liz picked me up out of the dirt. She supports your decision to leave Children's. Yeah, me and Liz have always clicked hard from the moment we met each other. Which is, oh, I'll just, I'll let me answer it real quick. The first time, the first time me and Liz sit down and talk to each other, Liz says. Um, so what made you talk to me? And I was like, I don't know. I feel like it's something you have to teach me. I've never said anything like that before. And now I understand it. Like she's been teaching me all along, which is why I believe women guide men. Men might lead the way, but women kind of guide that way in a sense, if you can comprehend that. So if men are the face, women are the neck type thing, right? Yeah, um, it's it's a total. It's it, it is what it is. It's it's a total. It's a total give and take. That's why I say there's no such thing as positive and negative. It's it's um, it's receptive and positive. What led you to do what you do today? You are everything. Everything you do is everything. Every decision you make is everything. Everything you. If you have a thought, you have that thought for a reason. If it's a, if it's what you would call a negative thought, quotations negative thought. You need to figure out why you said that. Why did you have a negative thought? Get to the root of it immediately. Don't let it dwell. Oh, like, oh, this is just, you know, just a thought. It's not just a thought. You thought it. Why did you think that? Where did it stem from? Exactly. And once you know where it stemmed from, once you know the root of any type of negativity or problem, you immediately better know yourself. And then you stop having those thoughts. I don't have negative thoughts, period. I don't. So we're at the end. But I do want to ask you one last question before we wrap up. What do you have to say to others who who are unhappy? It is 100% your fault. If you're not doing what you love to do, it's your fault. Nobody else controls your life but you. I'm a firm believer in there's no such thing as the past. There's no such thing as the future. It's only the now. It's called the internal now. And that means if you do what you're supposed to do in every single moment of the day, you create your own future. Wow, how easy is that? That's a really positive message. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And um, I hope we'll be talking to you soon again. Go Detroit. (laughs) 